these depictions of total destruction is not that they go too far, but that they don't go far enough. Today, the good news of Christianity operates with much the same logic. It is sold to us as that which can fulfill our desire, rather than as that which evokes a transformation in the very way that we desire. Like every other product that promises us fulfillment, Christ becomes yet another object in the world that is offered to us as a way of gaining insight and ultimate satisfaction. Jesus is thus presented as the solution to two interconnected problems. That we exist in a state of darkness concerning the meaning of the universe and that we are dissatisfied with our place within that universe. The precise way that Jesus answers these problems is contested by different religious communities. And thus the way that Jesus is thought to provide a solution differs depending on whom one asks. History is overflowing with different portraits depicting the way that Jesus is the answer. Jesus the Marxist, Jesus the capitalist, Jesus the meek, Jesus the mercenary, Jesus the social reformer, and Jesus the social conserver, to name but a few. This enigmatic figure who died naked on a cross more than 2,000 years ago, has been clothed in various colourful ideological garments over the millennia. When confronted with such a diverse and complex theological ecosystem, one full of differing and often competing images, one might despair of ever really working out how Jesus correctly answers these universal problems. With so many conflicting ideas, where is one to start? Did Jesus come to abolish religion or to set up a new one? Did he seek to show us the way of escaping the world or of embracing it? Did he die to save us from our evil or did he die just because our evil could not bear his presence? Did he even exist? And what is really known about him beyond the doctrinal claims of the church? Over the ages, various Christians have thrown their weight into these discussions and we might be tempted to do the same. However, this book takes a different path. One that sees all these discussions as dangerous distractions that prevent us from touching upon the truly radical and revolutionary significance of Christ. For what if we cannot grasp the manner in which Christ is the solution to the problem of our darkness and dissatisfaction precisely because he isn't the solution? What if, instead of being the solution, that is, the one who offers a way for us to gain certainty and satisfaction, he actually confronts us as a problem, a problem that places every attempt to find a solution for these ailments into question. To put this another way, what if Christ does not fill the empty cup we bring to him, but rather smashes it to pieces, bringing freedom not from our darkness and dissatisfaction, but freedom from our felt need to escape them. It is the claim of this book that Christ signals a type of apocalyptic event much more dramatic than the one we find in fundamentalist literature. For in the figure of Christ, we are confronted with an atomic event that does not destroy the world, but rather obliterates the way in which we exist within the world. In concrete terms, this means that the darkness and dissatisfaction that make their presence felt in our lives 
are not finally answered by certainty and satisfaction, but are rather stripped of their weight and robbed of their sting. In this way, the new creation that arises in the aftermath of the Christ apocalypse is not out there, but is a lived reality bubbling deep within. As Jesus once said, the kingdom of God does not come with your careful observation, nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. What follows then is an outline of what this proper apocalypse moment looks like. As such, it is a work explicitly about the theme of salvation. Not the type of salvation that is preached today from the pulpit, the false salvation that promises us freedom from our unknowing and dissatisfaction.